This episode brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're driving, cleaning, and even exercising. But what if you could be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. And auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Multitask right now. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Get everything for your next project today at Menards and save big money. Keep your walls and trim protected while you paint with Scotch Blue Painter's Tape. It's designed for use on multiple surfaces and can be removed easily without leaving residue behind. Say big on Scotch Blue Painter's Tape from Menards. Also, view our weekly flyer on Menards.com and check out all of our great deals happening this week. Save big money at Menards. This is At The Turn. It's time for discussion and interviews about the world of golf you won't hear anywhere else. Here are your hosts, Nick Heidelberger and Joe Simons. Hello, welcome into a very special emergency pod edition of At The Turn. Patrick Reed up to his old tricks. Nick, we had no choice but to hop on the mic. You know, it's funny that we're doing this. I turned on the golf yesterday briefly in the background, and I had no idea what was going on. And all I see is they cut to Patrick Reed on his cell phone. And Jim Nance is like, we have requested an interview with Patrick Reed. We'll see. We'll see if we get it. And I looked at the leaderboard and he was winning. So I thought they didn't think anything of it. And then a couple minutes later, they cut back to him in the same, in the same shot on his cell phone. And he's like, we're still waiting to see if we're going to get an interview with Patrick Reed. And I'm like, shit, something happened. I'm like, now I'm locked in. Something happened. And Ashley looks at me and she's like, are you and Joe going to have to do an emergency podcast tomorrow? And I'm like, no, I'm sure it's not a big deal. And then all last night, I just, I was trying to go to bed. And for some reason I typed Patrick Reed into the search bar on Twitter. And I was up for at least another 90 minutes, just reading every tweet and every comment about this whole Patrick Reed situation. A lot of takes on it. You're going to certainly get two more from Nick and myself. We'll talk about Patrick Reed's victory. We're recording just after the farmer insurance open at Torrey Pines, Patrick Reed gets a five-shot victory there, his ninth PGA Tour win. We'll talk about the course being the venue for the 2021 U.S. Open coming up in several months. But, Nick, we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about how you, on a course like this, because you watched, you saw how tight the fairways were, how difficult the pin placements were. Really, the only way to attack a course, a venue of this magnitude, is to have the right distance. You have to be dialed in with your yardages. And the best way to do that is with premium rangefinder. Nick, you may be saying to yourself, Joe, I can't, I can't afford, I can't afford a premium rangefinder. Poppycock, you can. Be surprised. Very affordable, especially at Precision Pro Golf. Use the promo code TURN10 at checkout. You save. 10 smackers off the best range finders in the game. Get dialed in with the yardages, precisionprogolf.com, turn 10 at checkout for those incredible savings. Okay, Nick, so for folks who don't have any idea what the latest Patrick Reed controversy is, can you give us a bit of a blow-by-blow since you were on Twitter at the wee hours? 
Yeah. So, I mean, it started off like any Patrick Reed controversy, you know, a, a, a poor shot, you know, gets him out a little bit out of position. Um, and so what happened was he hit his second shot on the 10th hole at Torrey Pines, pulled it left, and he was in some some pretty thick rough. Now, according to Patrick Reed, the six people in his group, the three players and the three caddies, none of them saw it bounce. They all agreed that his ball did not bounce. Yesterday, um, the last couple of days, they were playing lift clean in place. The course was wet. It was soggy. You would not get lift clean in place from the rough, but just to give you an idea of how wet the, the golf course was, he gets up to his ball. There was a flag in the ground. Uh, the volunteer had marked where his ball was. You can hear on the video replay, did it bounce? The volunteer says, no, I did not see it bounce. He said, okay. So Patrick Reed goes to his ball. He pulls it out of the ground to see if it is embedded. He believes it, in fact, is embedded. He marks where it's at, calls a rule, rules official over. The rules official agrees with Patrick and said, yes, I could feel from the ground where your ball was embedded, so you are therefore entitled to free relief. Uh, so he took his relief. He got up and down for par. Uh, and now it goes on to win the golf tournament by five. The issue, well, there's a lot of issues that people had with this. Um, people had issues with the fact that he took his ball out of the ground. They had issues with the fact that it turned out in reality after, you know, video review, his ball did in fact bounce, which is the big issue. His ball bounced maybe a yard or less before it came to its resting point. So I'm going to jump in there. Because yep. we talked about the ball bouncing a lot, and I can uh, – if someone's listening, they don't understand, well, what does it matter if it bounces? So can you explain why it is important to have it be distinguished if the ball bounced or not? Well, if the ball didn't bounce, it's it's reasonable to assume that it's plugged. It just fell out of the sky, straight into the ground with all this velocity, and plugged into the ground. And at which point you are able to get relief, even if it is in the rough, if the ball is embedded into the earth. Correct. You do get free relief for an embedded ball. The fact that it bounced makes it really difficult for that ball to land, for it to bounce, and then embed on this off of the bounce. I mean, all the velocity that's taken off the ball, and if the course was, if it was that soft that it's going to embed on the bounce, why wouldn't it have just embedded on the fly? So the fact that it did bounce calls into question whether or not it would be embedded. So that's where the controversy lies. Everybody on TV just sees this ball one hop and then Patrick Reed pick it up and get free relief and says, this guy's cheating. So that's really the, really the two points of contention are that he lifted his ball out before a rules official watched him. He let his playing partners know, Hey guys, I'm going to lift it out and check it out and see if it's embedded at this point. Between seven people, all seven people say the ball did not bounce. So he's not thinking, even if you're accusing him of cheating, he's not thinking at this point, I'm pulling a fast one. He's thinking it's embedded because they all believe it didn't bounce. So then he pulls it out, moves it, tells his caddy, do not clean it. Because if the rules official determines that it's not embedded, he does not have the right to clean it. Uh, so he puts it off to the side. And then, like I said, the rules official comes over, feels the divot, says, Okay, yep, I can see where your ball broke the earth, which is kind of like the terminology they were, terminology they were using. Like, did the ball break break ground, I which guess? it's a weird way to describe it. I heard them use that nomenclature several times. I've never heard a ball referred to as breaking the earth before. So that's basically it. Um, 
it kind of seems black and white enough. I mean, he had a rules official in play, but the video evidence, I mean, just the, the video of that ball bouncing set Twitter on fire. It did. And so to kind of take it one step further, eventually Patrick Reed granted the interview to Amanda Balionis. He recounted, you know, what happened basically as you gave it, Nick, in the blow by blow there. Later that night, Patrick Reed sent a tweet out. I think it was basically replying to, because obviously the video of all this was everywhere. I think it was a reply to a tweet CBS put out, and it's from Patrick Reed, and he was like, at PGA Tour, Roy McIlroy did the same thing on 18. Why are you not showing this as being controversial? And so I didn't realize that this morning. I woke up over coffee. Golf Channel did a really good job of showing it, and CBS did. They they kicked off their broadcast today with like 20 minutes of this before they showed any golf, which was smart because this is a huge controversy and people want to know about this, right? So anyway, back to Rory. On 18 yesterday, Rory had a very similar circumstance where he hit his second shot on the par 5 18th into the rough. It bounced and you can't tell, but... There seems to be more of an argument in Rory's case that the ball potentially bounced in the rough and then landed back in its original pitch mark as opposed to Patrick Reed's where you can sort of tell that the ball was in a different finishing position after it bounced. Either way, Rory does the same thing that Patrick Reed did. He, He went over, he marked the ball, he called over to his playing partner, said he was going to take relief, And that was it. Rory did not call a rules official over. Now, all the rules officials I've seen have gone to great lengths to say both players acted in accordance with the rules of golf. Neither of them did anything that was technically incorrect. This is, in my opinion, a complete non-story. The only thing... A non-troversy. It is a total non-troversy, in my opinion. Now... Last pod, we talked about Justin Thomas literally using a homophobic slur. And I don't want to drag him through the mud constantly, but it's the latest controversy that there was in the PGA Tour. And Justin Thomas has a quote-unquote good guy image, much like Rory McIlroy does. Rory even more so. Rory is probably the most beloved golfer from a uh, media accessibility standpoint. So they really want to prop him up, and he's got a good personnel and all that kind of stuff. So you have basically... The two complete opposite guys of Rory and Patrick Reed essentially doing the same thing with the caveat that Patrick went a little bit farther in his situation to actually get a rules official involved. But if Patrick Reed was the one who used a homophobic slur, um, he, he did not. Let me make that clear. He definitely did not. It was Justin Thomas. But he would have gotten crucified. On social media, people would be calling for his head. This is purely a reputation versus rule here. I mean, it's because Patrick Reed did it. People want to, and I hate to defend Patrick Reed. I don't, I don't like the guy. I don't really like watching him play golf. I find him to be, you know, very, I don't know, acrimonious and aggressive on the golf course and not in like a fun way, just kind of like in a (laughs) tragic way. Um, But it's a matter of people like Rory. People don't like Patrick Reed. They did the same thing, and I don't think either of them were at fault. 
if this was just Rory doing this, it never would have been a thing. But because it was Patrick Reed, people dug a little bit. Well, here's the thing. And I saw a lot of the tweets about in the comments, all these comments I'm reading, Rory did the same thing. Or if Rory did this, it never would have been an issue. And people are saying, well, Rory doesn't do stuff like that. That's why it's an issue with Patrick Reed. People are saying the same thing happened to Rory. At this point last night, people were saying, yo, Rory's ball didn't bounce. It just plugged. And that's the big difference because Patrick Reed's ball could never bounce and then plug. And so then when I found out today that Rory's ball did in fact also bounce, you know, that almost exonerates Patrick Reed. Now, this thing really boils down to one thing because to to the first issue with, with Patrick Reed picking up his ball right away, uh, I'm going to read you the rules of golf from the rule book. Oh, yeah. Um, to clarify this because – because he was in, he had every right, and he proceeded as he should. Like all these rules officials have said, if a player reasonably believes that his or her ball lies in a condition where free relief is allowed under the rules, but cannot decide that without lifting the ball, the player may lift the ball to see if relief is allowed, um, as long as he marks the spot. So if seven people are saying, "Yeah, that ball did not bounce," and you walk over to it, you know the course is soaking wet, absolutely reasonable to believe that your ball could be embedded and you may be entitled to relief. So, sure. so anybody who is calling him a cheater for picking up his ball without calling a rules official, you do not have a leg to stand on. So if you want to call Patrick Reed a cheater, you you essentially have one argument, and that is the only opportunity that he had to cheat, and, and this is what a lot of people are saying, is that he picked his ball up out of the ground expecting it to be embedded, realized that it wasn't, so he pushed the ball essentially into the ground to create an, an, an embedded ball shape in the ground to break the earth, to use the terminology, <laughs> and then marked that spot. So when the rules official came over, then there was broken earth to, to give him that relief. So if you're, if you're one of the people who is calling him a cheater, essentially that's what you're accusing him of doing. Which I don't think is a crazy accusation. I guess no, I just it could have happened. It could have happened. I watched the video a bunch of times, and you 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 can't really tell what he's doing because his back is to the camera and he's right. kind of covering up. Which which people say, oh, he went and I read this a lot. Like he went and blocked out the cameras before he did this. It's just where he was happened to be. You know where his ball was and where the camera was. I don't think he was boxing out the camera, but. You can't really tell, and there's a point where I'm almost wondering if he's leaning into something, but you, like I said, you can't tell, but you also have to remember he's marking it with a T, so he is sticking a T into the ground, so if you see him leaning forward or pushing something into the ground, and at some point in there, he does shove a T into the ground, so... At a certain point, we're we're breaking down the Zapruder film and looking at an assassination here. It's just... Uh At, at a certain point, I don't I don't care enough to really like worry about all the noise around him because two things are true, right? Rory and Patrick Reed essentially did the exact same thing, and Patrick Reed is going to be blamed for it more than Roy McIlroy. And the reason for that is Patrick Reed has accumulated a lot of garbage over his career by situations of his own making. So for him to feel like a victim, and he didn't, like at least publicly, that tweet was silly that he put out, but at least publicly he's been very cordial, and it's easy to be cordial when you win the tournament. Um, This is just Patrick Reed's persona. There's literally nothing he can do to get rid of it. 
He will always be associated with some sort of cheating or underhandedness. And as a result, it's incumbent upon him to make sure that everything he does is above board and he still is not doing it. I understand that he called a rules official in, but he did it after the fact. Roy McIlroy is up on a pedestal that Patrick Reed is never going to get to in the eyes of public opinion. And as a result, Patrick Reed has to do more than Rory does to win favor with the public. And he's not willing to do that. So for Patrick Reed to go out and give everyone the double birds and win by five, I was so unsurprised by the result today, Nick, because Patrick Reed thrives on being a loner. He loves the fact that everyone is against him. That's why he loves the Captain America and the Ryder Cup thing, because he wants people to think that, let me put it this way. He wants people in his face. He wants there to be some sort of controversy. I think this sort of thing fuels him. Well, it, it clearly does. He, he does thrive on it. He's admitted that in several interviews. And the reason why I wanted to get to such a granular level on that, that video in, in the specific accusations is because this is going to live on Patrick Reed's resume permanently. It's going to be like the incident at the hero and the incident at wherever where he pushed his three wood into the ground um, and hit a beautiful shot out of the rough. It's going to be something that people talk about whenever they talk about Patrick Reed and his history of quote unquote cheating. And I just want people to know that if you want to accuse him of cheating in this tournament, you have every right to do so, but you are accusing him of pushing his ball into the ground and creating a divot. The lifting it out has nothing to do with it. The rules official confirmed that there was a divot to, to get relief from. So the, the, the one thing that you're accusing him of, if you're going to list this on his resume of being a cheater, is you're saying that he pushed that ball down into the ground to create an embedment and then pulled it out of the earth, called the rules official over, said, hey, here's where it was. This is what happened. And that's why he got relief. Well, what do you say, Nick? That's, you know... Reputation aside, um, you know, his history aside, that's that's a that is a very serious allegation. And I don't have enough to say, yeah, you cheated. You 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 did that yourself. You created that situation and uh and you cheated. I, I don't have enough to to say he cheated. That that's a, too serious of an allegation for me to to go that far. I just I just don't think there's enough to even even before the Rory thing, I thought this was a bit over the top, the reaction to it. It's a couple of things, right? It's it what it happened on a Saturday, so a very visible situation. Uh, high profile. He was leading by four at the time, right? Right. I mean, this is it, it happened on a Saturday night. The social media cycle burned it and churned it on a Saturday, and it led to this big controversy. I'm sure CBS had great ratings today, and they and they loved it. I just find this as much as I don't like Patrick Reed, and I don't. It's well documented. Uh, I just don't think this is that big of a deal. I really don't. It doesn't get me that fired up. I just, I just don't think it's much of anything. And look, no, it's not like golfers. It, it's not like golfers don't take advantage of the rules. Tiger Woods very famously had a group of fifteen drunk men in Phoenix push a giant boulder out of the way so he could hit. I mean, it's not like people don't do this. There's a big difference between that and matting down the grass behind the ball when you're hitting a three-wood or touching the sand before you hit a bunker. 
those are more clear, right? But this, it's lift clean in place. How much of an advantage was he really getting? I I just don't know. The guy, the guy won by five. It fueled him to do so. I think it's absolutely fine. I do. Joe, how much did you see about the uh, burner Twitter account? Uh, the burner Twitter account. So that tweet that you commented that Patrick Reed posted. Yeah. Rory McIlroy did the same thing on on the 18th hole today. He didn't even call a rules official over. Uh huh. So that exact tweet in all caps at Rory McIlroy, whatever, was posted from Patrick Reed's account and also posted from identically from the account Use Golf Facts. Which is a, a burner account, which is rumored to be run by, well, it apparently is run by somebody who is running the official Patrick Reed Twitter account. Oh my god! And it's rumored to be his wife Justine. <sighs> I have not corroborated these rumors. See, but there is a whole nother wormhole to go down, which we probably won't get into right now. Of <laughs> other tweets posted from the the Use Golf Facts account, which. Are are very damning. A very damning history of tweets. How how could how could he be so good at professional sports and so bad at producing a public image? Like even even a little bit. Like the Rory Sabatini is a very disliked golfer. Routinely finishes at the top of most disliked golfers by his peers when they do these polls every year in like Golf Digest. And even a guy like that, who obviously isn't as high high profile as Patrick Reed. I can still kind of get behind, but Patrick Reed, every opportunity he has to embarrass himself and make the wrong decision when it comes to social media or how he interacts, like, I think he's a big phony baloney because you can't act genuine on TV and then have all this vitriol online and act like the smiley guy on TV is your genuine personality. It's not like this social media stuff is existing in a vacuum. These worlds collide. It's it's just troubling, man. I don't know. This guy's only 30, and he has the baggage of a 60-year-old. He's He just doesn't care about his image. I mean, that's the biggest thing. And they kept showing um, the the Augusta um, College Championship with, uh, yeah, saw that. with Norlander because they they were on that same team, and they were both, both playing today. And I'm just like, every single guy in this picture hates Patrick Reed. <laughs> um, Patrick Reed? Currently 11th in the United States Ryder Cup standings. The top mm. six will earn a automatic qualifying spot onto Team USA for the 2020 Ryder Cup, which will happen in September of 2021. Um, Wait, are they the still Patrick, calling it the 2020 Ryder Cup? Uh, I'm on the site right now. The logo says Ryder Cup 2020. <sighs> the Olympics are doing the same thing. It just just yeah. say the thing is in the year that you're doing it. Like. Well, I, I think just the, the cost associated with rebranding it, and they're already losing so much money that I just the merch. Like, I see what oh, you're saying. Yeah, there's no chance. Yeah, um, is he? He he's a guaranteed captain's pick if he doesn't get in the top six, right? Yeah, I mean, name me an American you want in your Ryder Cup team more than Patrick Reed. I mean, I guess Dustin Johnson, but that's that's yeah, probably the list, ball, right? right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, he's he's in, and and if nothing else, great entertainment. Uh, I mean, Patrick Reed, watching Patrick Reed in the Ryder Cup is fun, whether you love him or hate him. He 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 is the best Ryder Cup player of his generation, and I think he's only played in three. I don't, I don't even 
there's not even a debate. When I think Ryder Cup in this era, I think of one person. I think of Patrick Reed. I mean, I, I, I can't wait to have a Ryder Cup this year. It's two straight years we've got to look forward to Ryder Cup all year. But, Joe, there is another big-time golf tournament that I thought a lot about this weekend. It's coming up much, much sooner than the Ryder Cup. At Torrey Pines this June, the U.S. Open, I know you're a big U.S. Open guy. What is what is your takeaway from getting a preview of Torrey Pines? Yeah, I mean, I think that it's the kind of course, it's definitely a horses for courses kind of joint. Um, John Ron, it's probably the tournament he plays at the best. Uh, Phil and Tiger legendarily played well. The Tiger, of course, won the U.S. Open in 2008 there on one leg. Um, Patrick Reed has performed well here. I think that the leaderboard that you saw this week at the Farmers Insurance Open is not going to be dissimilar from what you see for the U.S. Open. Obviously, you didn't have some of the top players there, but you know, which was someone, surprising to me. Was that surprising to you that some of those guys bit. didn't play? Yeah, I mean, a little bit. It who 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 knows the reason? I mean, it could be COVID related, uh, could be injuries, it could be any number of reasons. But I mean, you see names like. Tony Finau and Victor Hovland and 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 Ryan Palmer, who's played well there. I mean, you have a lot of these guys who I would expect to be in the top 10 and have potential to win U.S. Opens. And, of course, you have, you know, DJ and Bryson didn't play. They'll obviously be in the hunt. But there's no reason to think if Patrick Reed doesn't maintain some kind of form that he wouldn't be one of the favorites going in. I mean, right. Partway through the third round of the last U.S. Open, it looked like he was going to run away with it. He's performed well in majors. He wins on big time courses. Um, yeah, I'm 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 very excited for the U.S. Open to be here at Torrey Pines, especially because it played a lot like a U.S. Open over the weekend, right? I mean, I, I, it, I noticed that. I mean, you were breaking par. You were playing really well. Nobody. I, I turned on the coverage early. They, I think, like the leaders were on the third hole. Well, did some chores, came back uh, when the leaders were on like maybe nine and, and Reed was minus 13 and it was a couple guys within, you know, one or two shots and he made all pars until that 18th hole and his lead just grew and grew and grew. And that's what really got me kind of excited for the U.S. Open because that course looks hard and you know it's going to be a lot tougher when it comes time for the U.S. Open. But I want to go back to what you said, a horses for courses type of course. It, it's one of the longest I was half watching and I half heard them say something about it's the longest course on tour or it's it's playing some, something about it's a long course. Does that I, I've been saying for a while, the longer the course, the more of the shorter hitters it brings in, essentially because it reduces the advantage of the longer hitters. Do you do you see that or is it the exact opposite of, the, of that logic? No, I mean, frankly, I think it's the exact opposite, especially if someone like Bryson or DJ are actually hitting the fairways and they get wedges in. Especially I'm for thinking, a U.S. Open man. I'm it's thinking from the par fives because those par fives were not really gettable in two. Right. So, therefore, everybody's hitting a third shot, an approach shot into those par fives as opposed to those longer hitters having an eagle putts on, you know, four times around. Yeah, I mean, it's it's an interesting point. Um, I, I guess I would respond by saying that in June, you're probably – in 18 obviously being an exception because there's water right in front of the green – but I think in June, you're going to get a lot more run out on some of those tee shots, especially someone like Bryson. I mean, if if the hole's 610 yards and you can hit your tee shot 360 yards, it doesn't, it doesn't really make a difference <laughs> how long the actual par five is. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, look, long and straight plays everywhere. It's a cliche for a reason. Um, I'd be surprised if you don't have a very long hitter with the U.S. Open in June. I just don't. I just don't think a short hitter is going to be able to get around the course. Now that being said, I'm going to disagree with myself real quick. Uh, Tiger Woods won the 2008 U.S. Open, but the person who played the second best and took him to 91 holes, uh, a 19 hole playoff, was Rocco Mediate. And even in 2008, uh, Rocco wouldn't hit the ball very far, but he put it in play. His wedges were close. He was making his putts. There's a precedent there. But, I mean, if you look at the leaderboard this week, not a lot of short hitters in the top 10. I don't think Patrick Reed is a long hitter. I mean, he's he's an average hitter, but he is at the top, top, top of everybody when it comes to short game wedges and putting, which... His, his short game was so good. It was his, so good. His pitching is... I can't. I can't think of like when you have this weird seventh in driving distance. Patrick Reed. Sorry. What? What was it? One hundred and seventh. Two. Two hundred and seventh. Two hundred and seventh. On in driving distance. What is he averaging? Do you have that? Uh, yeah. Let me get back. To, sorry, I was scrolling up so far. To, to, oh, <laughs> goodness. Uh, we got two eighty-seven. Man, two eighty-seven is good for two hundred and seventh on the PGA Tour. <laughs> To be in the top 200, you got to be at 288.7. Okay, or, or roll long. the ball back, baby. I can't I can't <laughs> deal with those numbers anymore. Sorry, um, that's like the 10th time I've interrupted you tonight. No, that's absolutely fine. Um, Patrick Reed, we've now established that he is a short hitter. But again, the thing that he does well, he does better than anybody else, which is why he can compete um, in the U.S. Open. I just don't know, like, besides Patrick Reed, can you think off the top of your head someone who is a – consistently below average from distance who competes on the tour. Like I, I just really can't think of anybody. I mean, I have, I have an advantage because the list is in front of me. I, Tell just, me. Saw, I just saw Kevin Na's name just above Patrick Reed. And he, he doesn't consistently compete, but he did just win the Sony. He's at 288.9. <laughs> so uh, wow. Kevin Kisner, Kevin Kisner is ranked 201st. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he, he's an incredible putter. Um, sure. And so, so I can I can see that, but yeah, no, I, I agree. But here's the thing: have... Nick, Kevin Na and Kevin Kisner are not winning the U.S. Open. I'll uh, I'll throw that out there right now. Okay, fair enough. Uh, Tiger Woods, one eighty one. Uh, get the old man out of here. Where's Phil Kisner? I will I will just make an argument for Kisner. Those those guys who are great putters, you never know, and it's their week. Like if you're making everything, if you give yourself twenty foot birdie putts every hole, you, you never yeah. know. I Did mean, you Kisner see the Kisner the quote? Play. Did you see the uh, Kisner quote a couple weeks ago? No. So he played at uh, Wiley, the Sony Open, <laughs> and they asked how he felt about his chances. And, you know, he's 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 a very honest guy. He's he's one of the best quotes out there. And uh, I said, Kevin, how do you feel about your chances this week? And he's like, I don't really think I have a chance to win. And the reporter was kind of stunned. And he said, well, why, why would you come play here? He's like, well, they pay a lot for 20th. <laughs> <laughs> it's my favorite quote in a while. Um, that's incredible. Yeah. I mean, look, I think it's going to be a bomber. If not, it'll be Patrick Reed. That's my U S open analysis for late January. There we go. I can't wait to, uh, unpack that a little bit more. It's going to be great. Um, do you have anything more to cover in this emergency pod edition of at the turn? Well, we would be remiss if we didn't throw out our Super Bowl picks, Joe, we're, we're one week from the, uh, Uh, give me the Chiefs big. I think it's going to be like uh, 38-21. Yeah, I, I'm in the same boat. Chiefs for sure, probably double digits. I don't think Tampa's – I mean, Tampa's obviously good enough to get to the Super Bowl, but uh, 
I've never, I haven't watched Tampa once this season and thought that's a great team. Not once. No, they got a great, they got a great quarterback. They got some great players, but um, man, Brady's forty three. That's crazy. He is. He is. Somehow his he's growing more hair at forty three than he did at thirty three. It's it's amazing. <laughs> Use promo code TURN10 at checkout at precisionpro.com. $10 off your range finders that golf season. Oh, baby, just around the corner. We're uh, we're one month out here in March. Nick, I'm very sorry. I saw the forecast for your neck of the woods. Yeah, we're set between 7 and 15 inches of snow by the time you're listening to this. So, oh, baby. Uh, block. Get the shovel out for tomorrow. Well, we made it through a month in 2021. Hopefully February works out well for you. Uh, we'll be back soon. There'll be there'll be other things to talk about in the world of golf. I'm sure. Absolutely, we got this is kind of a fun swing. We got uh, we got Pe- Pebble Beach coming up. We got the we got Phoenix coming up, and then and then we're talking Masters after that. So uh, I'm, I'm pretty geared up. I can't wait, Masters. Yeah, I've <laughs> as soon as those Masters commercials start. Oh, mm. I love it. What a time of year. All right, that's all I got, Joe. We're done. Let's end it. Thanks, everybody. We'll check uh, We'll check you out down the line. Appreciate you listening. I'm Lacey Evans. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time at The Turn.